0: Well, thank you everybody for joining us on a beautiful fall day here in the Brookshire Mountains at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy. I'm Father Chris Alar, one of the Marian priests, and we are so glad you are with us. This is this is an incredible topic. You've heard me talk about the image before, but never like this. Um, I've been working with Father Kaz. I got my notes out from Father Seraphim, and I'm putting together a talk that I don't think has ever been done, which is the history of the image, where it went, how it went through its transformation, the miracles, the meaning awesome and so we hope that you'll be able to join with us because to me this is this is incredible and so we we're going to bring you today the talk on the divine mercy image let's begin with a prayer in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Amen. heavenly father we ask through the jesus the divine mercy your son that the graces of the blood and water will be poured upon us and the whole world to transform us into being another christ And we ask, Mother Mary, as the mother of mercy, that you walk us in every step of our spiritual journey to Christ, your Son. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, the image of divine mercy is one of three of the most known images, religious images in the world. All right, uh, the three most recognizable images, especially in the Catholic Church. Let's look at our next slide. The best three known images in Catholicism, right there, the Shroud of Turin, the image of divine mercy, and Our Lady of Guadalupe. These are the images. There's tons of others, we know this, but these are the most recognizable the shroud, the image of divine mercy, and Our Lady of Guadalupe. Now, let's look at our next slide. I'm gonna do just a quick recap. You know some of this, but we're gonna get into the good stuff. 1931, Jesus appeared, so over 90 years ago now, right? 91 years ago, to the simple, uneducated Polish nun that we know as Saint Faustina. Now, I've got other talks on her online if you wanna learn more about her. The purpose of today's talk is the image, not so much Faustina's life, but we have other talks on her. Now, what made it so special was that she just didn't, like at Fatima, as powerful as Fatima is, uh, the other people didn't see Jesus. It was more of a, an apparition in the mental sense, uh, where they, just the children, saw the Blessed Mother. But do you know, when Jesus appeared to St. Faustina, he was physically there in her room. And we know that because the light under the door, you know how the door, when you close the door, you can see the light on underneath? Sisters in the convent had commented that that light coming from St. Faustina's room was so bright, no oil lamp in the world could have made it. And therefore we know that that means Jesus at the time that he appeared to her, it was a real, it was a real, just like I'm before you today or the person next to you is here. This is an incredible thought that you, you're safe, Faustina, you walk into your room and there is Jesus, okay? Now, the lights were very bright, as I said. Now let's take a look, okay, this is gonna blow you away because I don't think you've ever seen this before. I'm gonna show you a picture. What you see in our Divine Mercy images has been restored. And we're gonna talk about how we have the image of Divine Mercy today restored that you see like above if Brother Mark can show. This is the restored or renovated image of Divine Mercy. I'm about to show you an actual picture taken by Blessed Michael Sapochko of the actual image before it was damaged. This no longer exists. Brother Mark, show the next photograph. This is incredible. That is the original image that St. Faustina had painted. It was a black and white photograph, okay, a black and white photograph that no longer exists. This image Well, I shouldn't say that, it it exists, but it has been now redone. This was before it was damaged, because then it got damaged, it had to be renovated. We're going to talk about that. Now let's go to the next, this was the first vision, all right? This first vision of Jesus to St. Faustina, the very first time He appears to her. This led to this painting that Brother Mark just showed. And this is the painting of the Divine Mercy image as the source of grace of those who trust in Him. Now, we Marians got an actual copy. Let's go to our next slide, Brother Mark. This is hanging in our monastery, in the foyer of our monastery. This image, I just took a picture of this morning, hanging in the foyer of our monastery is the photograph of the original Divine Mercy image with slight colors added into the rays. Notice how it looks different. It looks kind of ghostly. It looks less sharp than the image that we see today because this has been renovated. This image that I'm showing you is an actual photograph by Michael Sapochko of the original image that we then added a little bit of color. And again, this is hanging downstairs in our monastery in the foyer. Amazing. And so how, why, what is it about this image that we should be paying so much attention to? All right, this is what St. Faustina said. When I asked the Lord Jesus for a sign, yes, it's okay to ask for signs if your heart's in the right place. I know our Lord says, don't ask me signs. That's if you're trying to or disprove him or, or to doubt him. But if we have a good heart, it's okay. She says, I asked Jesus for a sign as proof that you are truly my God and Lord, and that this request comes from you, the request to to have an image painted. I heard this interior voice, she said. This is what Jesus's words. I will make this all clear to the superior by means of the graces which I will grant through this image. This is Diary, paragraph 51. So, she said, Lord, and then um, she said, Jesus said to her, know that if you neglect, now check this out, poor Faustina. These are the words that he says to her. (laughs) Know that if you neglect the matter of the painting of this image and the whole work of mercy, you will have to answer for a multitude of souls on the day of judgment. This is paragraph 153. I can't even imagine poor Faustina. She doesn't even know how to paint. Yet our Lord is saying, if you don't do this, you're responsible. Now, before I get into the history, and before I get into the meaning of the image, let's talk about some of the miracles. I want to start off with this, because these are some things I've never talked about before. Um, This one I've never, I never mentioned, and this one's powerful. 1990, all right, there was a woman in Nigeria. Nigeria is a key, and I think Father Richard is a main point out there, but anyway, a woman in Nigeria who worked for an international agency, uh, she was pressured by the company to do something illegal. Now she refused, and she was threatened, even with death threats, all right? Now since she was living alone, she was devoted to divine mercy, and she placed copies of the image in each window. This is documented. Even the police report is documented. This we will tell you about. So she placed copies of the image in each window of her home. So later one evening, two Jeeps pulled up to her house and four men got out with submachine guns. They riddled the entire house with bullets, showering the house with fire and bullets. Inside, the woman dropped to the floor and her neighbors notified the police. The police arrived immediately on the scene and found casing, bullet casings scattered everywhere on the property. However, the police discovered that none of the bullets penetrated the house and not a single window was broken. Not a single window, because they each had the image. The police found these cartridges everywhere, but not a single window was broken. Um, what about the story of the uh, Poland in World War II? All right, in 1944, Hitler ordered the complete destruction of the city of Warsaw in punishment for their uprising against the Nazis. Warsaw gathered together, the men joined forces in Poland, and they had an uprising, a revolt against the Nazis. As punishment, Hitler ordered the town leveled. So in 1944, this happened and everything was leveled. However, there was one small house remained standing in the midst of all this rubble, and they discovered in that house, it was the house of a Jewish man, they discovered in this house was in the basement the image of divine mercy, and the house and the man were completely untouched. Now, there was another incident—check this out—during World War II, also in Warsaw, Poland. The Gestapo had sectioned off several blocks in the town, and they were detaining all the residents so that they could be identified and sent to concentration camps. One man, asked the officer in charge if he could go back to his apartment to get some gold, I believe it was. He wanted to get something, and, and the Nazis must have thought, okay, we'll let him think he can get it for himself, but then we'll probably take it, whatever it was that he asked to get. He ran back and found what he was looking for, a tiny little image of divine mercy, which probably would have been the one I just showed you. When he returned with the image, the officer was gone and they had moved on with all the other detainees, basically had forgotten about him. Now this man was a judge, and since the Nazis first eliminated all educated people, he definitely would have been sent to the concentration camp and exterminated, there's no question. You know who this man was? he became a Marian of the Immaculate Conception. In 1948, after the war, this man joined the Marians. Father Julian Krasiszewski, he dedicated the rest of his life, because of that event, to spreading divine mercy. And he is a Marian of the Immaculate Conception. That is incredible. I love these kind of stories. Or what about this story? Let's go to our next slide, Brother Mark. The image, and Hurricane Sandy. This is a story of Ron Rogelis. In 2012, Hurricane Sandy was roaring up the East Coast. This man lived in New London, Connecticut. And before he was packing everything up, the, the neighborhood was evacuating. Here comes Hurricane Sandy roaring up, and he's leaving the house, and he decides to grab the image off the wall. What image? You can see it there. He's holding it the framed image of divine mercy. You can see it in his hands. He's holding it up to the storm, basically putting the image of divine mercy into the face of the storm, basically saying, I consecrate my house and, and this property to the protection of divine mercy. So anyway, what happened was the, he left, the hurricane roars through. A couple of days later, he comes back and the entire area is leveled. Um, trees through roofs, windows blown out. And here's the amazing part, the water, because he was right by the sea, the water had rushed in and flooded all the basements of the houses in the town around him or uh, in the neighborhood around him. And the neighbor who got there before him told him something incredible. He said, you won't believe this, but the water like a wall was rushing through, flooding all the basements, and stopped at your property line. (laughs) This is incredible. Now, we're not saying this image is a magic wand or a rabbit's foot, okay? We're not saying that. We're not saying that if you put this image in your home, all of a sudden you're gonna win the lottery or something like that. No, no, no or if i put it up in my office today michigan will beat ohio state okay no we're not claiming that even though i'm going to try okay so no that's not what this image is this image is the grace of god personified through christ in the face of jesus the divine mercy all right these are amazing i could go on and on so Let's, uh, those are just a couple samples. um, But let's go on here, because what I want to talk to you about is the story behind the image. All right, let's go to our next slide. You all know this. This is the image you see today. This is the image that we put out as Marian fathers. This is the image of divine mercy, renovated, restored after the damage years ago. Now, on February 22nd, and I want Brother Mark to keep this image on the screen, so I want you to keep this image on the screen. Look at this image as I'm describing the words of St. Faustina. Now, February 22nd, 1931, Sister Faustina, a sister of Our Lady of Mercy, was in her convent in Płock, Poland. All right, when Jesus appeared to her, here's what she described. This is from chapter 47 or paragraph 47 of the diary. Now look at this image that Brother Mark has up there as I read this. I saw the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment. One hand was raised in the gesture of a blessing. The other was touching the garment at the breast. From beneath the garment, slightly drawn at the breast, there were emanating two large rays, one red, the other pale. In silence, I kept my gaze fixed on the Lord. My soul was struck with awe, but also with great joy. After a while, Jesus said to me, paint an image according to the pattern you see with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. I desire that this image be venerated first in your chapel and then throughout the world. All right, now, Jesus didn't stop there. Let's go to our next slide. Jesus said to her, I promise that the soul that will venerate this image will not perish. I also promise victory over its enemies already here on earth, especially at the hour of death. I myself will defend it as my own glory. This is Diary 48. Now we have to keep in mind, we're not worshiping the image. We're worshiping what the image represents. Jesus, the divine mercy. We, we venerate. We don't worship it. We, we venerate means to honor. We don't, we don't worship the paint or the canvas. We image the, what we worship is the image of, of, or, or of Christ himself seen in the image. So we're not worshiping the image. We're worshiping what the image portrays, Jesus Christ, the living divine mercy. All right. So St. Faustina, after this, she didn't know what to do after receiving these astounding revelations. So guess what she did? She tried to paint Jesus herself. Now, she wasn't a painter. Now, that's why Jesus didn't appear to me, because I would have said, Jesus, do you mind if I draw a stick figure? Because that's about all I can do. I have zero talent for singing or drawing. And so the arts are not me. I'm analytical. I'm an engineer. I'm a math uh, calculus. That's how my brain works. Saint Faustina wasn't an artist either. So here's what she did. She tried to draw Jesus herself. That didn't work, so then she started going around to her fellow sisters in the convent asking, can you paint? <laughs> Could you imagine? Sister Faustina at dinner, and, and the other nuns are there, and she, um, sister, um, do you know how to paint? So, how, how amazing is this? So, anyway, so, anyway, her superior was so concerned that Faustina would be causing a commotion in the community, she removed her from the house in Plotsk and had her sent to the house in Vilnius, Lithuania." Now, this is amazing because we always hear about the Vilnius image, so Jesus had this all planned. We don't call it the Plotsk image, where Jesus first appeared to her. We call it the Vilnius image because before it was even painted, her superior thought she was causing too much commotion and had St. Faustina sent to Vilnius, Lithuania. This is where we get the name Vilnius image. So let's look at our next slide. In Vilnius, Faustina confided in Blessed Michael Sapochko, or now at the time, Father Michael Sopochko. He was her confessor and her spiritual director. That's a picture of him right there. So he first ordered psychiatric psychiatric tests for Faustina to make sure she was not delusional. And these tests were confirmed. She was totally normal. So he began to guide her in fulfilling Jesus's requests. Now, one big step was helping Faustina to recognize that the Lord was giving, was not just giving the image to her, but to the whole world. That's key. Jesus told her in paragraph 327 of the diary, I am offering people a vessel with which they are to keep coming for graces, the fount of my mercy. That vessel is the image with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. So did you catch that? Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a vessel by which to receive all grace. This image of divine mercy. Amazing. So what happened? So Sapochko, her confessor, gets involved, and he commissions—next slide—the painter Eugene Kazmarowski, who actually lived in Sapochko's house. Jesus had this all arranged. And so he, he does—he brings in Eugene Kazmarowski to paint the image. Now. Please keep in mind the movies that have been out, uh, we got a lot of mail saying, I'm no longer gonna honor this image because I had no idea that Eugene Kazmorowski committed suicide, was a Mason, and falsified the document or the painting by having Michael Sapochko as the model. We got tons of letters. Part of that was from a movie, The Original Image of Divine Mercy by Daniel Da Silva, riddled with errors, riddled with errors. Be careful, be careful. Okay, so <clears throat> the real truth was Sapochko a Mason? Yes, in his former life, but repented and renounced all Masonry ties. Did, did he commit suicide? Actually, there is no actual evidence that he committed suicide. He took his life. His death certificate mentions nothing about a suicide. But even if he did, because there's still some evidence to be people claim that he did, they believe the reason was because the Nazis were coming. And the Nazis were taking over that ill area of Vilnius and he knew he had information and he had done religious work and he was fearful of being tortured and giving up information. He didn't trust himself that he would give up information that would help the Nazis and hurt the Poles. So he, if he did take his life, it wasn't because he freely chose to, it's because he was under extreme stress and didn't want to jeopardize. So in other words, he may have even given his life for his, for his country. Next, what about the claim that the, the image is false because Blessed Michael Sapochko posed for it and it wasn't Jesus? <sighs> yes, Sapochko put on an alb just so that he would know how the folds of the, of the garment lie when you're wearing it. It's not Sapochko's face. It's the face of Jesus as St. Faustina described it to him. The only thing he used for the posing of Michael Sapochko was how the folds laid on the elb that he was wearing. He told him to put on an alb so he could paint the folds of how it properly hung when somebody's wearing it. So you got to be careful of this. So... Anyway, the image was completed in 1934, all right, and is now known as the original Vilnius image. So when Faustina first saw the image, she was all excited. She was all, great, this is beautiful. No, (laughs) she actually cried. She wept in disappointment. She asked the Lord, who will paint you as beautiful as you are? So basically Jesus told her, it's not in the beauty of the color nor of the brush that lies the greatness of this image, but in my grace. That was Diary 313. So basically he told her, it's good enough. Not perfect because we could never capture our Lord even close to who he is or what he is. So Jesus said, it's good enough. (laughs) So then the first public display was in Vilnius, You get it. You guessed it on Divine Mercy Sunday, 1935. Now, Sapochko did the homily, the very first homily on divine mercy. All right. Now, Faustina, check this out. Faustina said, when he began to speak about the great mercy of the Lord, the image came alive and the rays pierce the hearts of the people gathered there. That's what I'm praying for you. These people here, the beautiful people here at the shrine, I'm praying that the rays of this divine mercy will pierce every single heart that is here. And you too watching on live stream, I'm praying that these rays will pierce your heart, just like Faustina saw In 1935, when the image was first displayed on Divine Mercy Sunday, she said she saw the rays piercing the hearts. And you know what she said? She saw them, check this out, she saw this, but not all to the same degree. Some received more, some received less. How much you receive is how open your heart is to receive the grace of divine mercy. Great joy filled my soul to see the grace of God. This is diary passage 417. Now, this is what's interesting. The first display was during the closing ceremonies of the jubilee of the redemption of the world in 1935. It lasted two years. 1933 was the 1900th year anniversary of the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord. So for two years, they celebrated. 1900 years after the resurrection, they celebrated this jubilee year of the redemption. And so this was at the shrine of the dawn gate. Now, if you heard my homily just a couple weeks ago, Our Lady of the Gate is Our Lady, Mother of Mercy. So here it is at the same place next to Our Lady, Mother of Mercy. Ah, God just, Jesus just has this all planned out. Our Lady, Mother of Mercy in Vilnius. This is the same place, the dawn gate, the gate that protected the city of Vilnius, and it was always in the east, because Father Kaz explained to me that when the sun rises in the east, enemies would attack from the east so that the sun would be in the eyes of the towns and the townspeople that were trying to defend themselves. And so they put the image of Our Lady of Mercy there, and now here comes the image of Jesus, the divine mercy, Jesus, the divine mercy, Mary, the mother of mercy. Oh... So then, let's take a look at this. Faustina said, when the priest exposed the blessed sacrament and the choir began to sing, the rays from the image pierced the sacred host and spread all over the world. Let's look at our next slide. What you're seeing is right here from our Divine Mercy Chapel. I just took this picture this morning. Right off to my left is the St. Faustina Chapel. And what I'm showing you on the screen is, and I'm looking at it right now, is a picture of this event. St. Faustina is holding in her hand the monstrance, and in the monstrance is the host, and from the host, look at the image, is the rays of blood and water, and you can't see because it's kind of covered, but they're spreading over the globe, the world. This image is right from here in our chapel, which describes this event from the diary. Then I heard these words, These rays of mercy will pass through you just as they have passed through this host. So he's going to use Faustina passing through her, the rays of mercy, just like through the host. And they will go out through all the world. These words invaded my soul. Diary 441. Wow. So Jesus reminded St. Faustina. By means of this image, I shall be granting many graces to souls. Let every soul have access to it. Diary 570, and I'm going to show you at the end of this talk how to get free copies, even framed images, because we want every home to have it. Now... Father Cass spent a lot of time with me, and he wrote up a beautiful document, and I've been working with him, and he just gave it to me yesterday, and I went through, and we're going to give you the timeline of the image. You've never heard this before, because I learned this from Father Seraphim and Father Cass, and I've never given a talk on this. This is how the image that we have today came to be. We just explained how Jesus gave it, but now the image... Let's talk about the timeline. Now, it was completed in 1934, as we just said, displayed in 1935 on the Divine Mercy Sunday. Now, let's go to our next slide. On April 4th, 1937, Divine Mercy Sunday again, the bishop gave permission for the image to be placed in the Church of St. Michael the Archangel. Notice the connection of St. Michael. This is why we Marians have been promoting the, the, the protection of St. Michael. He's involved in all of this. And so anyway, the image was placed in the church of St. Michael the Archangel, where Sapochko, her confessor, was the pastor. Amazing. On that day, check this out. Father Sapochko solemnly blessed the image on Divine Mercy Sunday, not even knowing he was fulfilling the request of Jesus, because listen to this. This is our Jesus's words to Faustina. I want this image to be solemnly blessed on the first Sunday after Easter. This Sunday is to be the feast of mercy. And that's just what Sapochko did. It goes into the Church of St. Michael on Divine Mercy Sunday, and he blesses it, not even knowing he's fulfilling Jesus' request to St. Faustina to have the image blessed on the Sunday after Easter. Mind-blowing. During World War II, this image remained in the Church of St. Michael, that, that church I just showed you. I was there a few years ago. Absolutely amazing. Now, it remained there all the way to 1951. Then two humble women saw one day the church doors open at St. Michael's. Now, this is in the movie Faustina, Love and Mercy, which we're going to show you how to get a copy of the DVD in a minute. But this is in the movie. Two women saw the door open, and the only thing in the church was this image. Everything else, gone. So they bought it for a modest sum. In the movie, actually, a couple bottles of liquor. (laughs) So they bought it, and they kept it in an attic, all right, where it got damaged and needed restoration. So in the meantime, this woman gets sent to a work camp. Now, I asked St. Father Kaz, was that because she had anything to do with the image? And He said, I'm not positive, but it may. Boy, you talk about being a servant of the lord if this woman went to a concentration camp but then Stalin died and she got released so she comes back and this was restored in 1956 illegally and was given to a priest in Nova Ruda let's take a look at this next image here's the actual picture of that church, Novaruto, and look it up at the upper right, there's the image hanging. That's the image, the original image. That's a picture that Father Kaz got that I just got last night. So you've never seen this. And so they restored the image and gives it to this priest. Now it stays there, and all of a sudden in 1970, so we're progressing up, Soviet authorities decided to turn that church into a warehouse. Typical, right, of atheistic communism. Now, it was hung very high. Let's go back to the picture, Brother Mark. See where that image is hung? It's hung so high in that church, it was hung very high, and it was difficult to remove it. So although they turned the church into a warehouse, that image is so high up and so unreachable that they left it, and it remained there for 16 years. I mean, this is fascinating. This is a story of the image you've never heard. So it remains hung up there for 16 years to 1986. And then in 1986, an artist, a woman there, made a copy, and at night, they swapped out the original image with the copy. So they got into there, they swapped the image out, they put a copy in its place, and they took the original image, and it was taken to Belarus. So this is where the Soviet bloc, this is where God's mercy is penetrating. They took it to Belarus, it was there for a short time, and then it came back to Vilnius, to the Holy Spirit Church. And Now you see the Holy Spirit involved, we got St. Michael involved, and the Holy Spirit. Notice these are not just any other saints, these churches. You've got the Church of St. Michael and the Church of the Holy Spirit. This is behind everything, because the image is—the Holy Spirit is the rays of red and white. St. Michael is the protector. So anyway, it comes back to Vilnius, to the Holy Spirit Church. Now, let's look at our next slide, because some alterations were made to the image, and it was painted over again, but this was not good. Look at this image. Father Kaz just sent me this image an hour ago. So I quick put it into the presentation. This image is not good. So they're trying to paint over the original image to bring it back out because it had been damaged up in the attic and and hanging, and then from candles and soot inside the churches. So significant alterations were made to the image and it was painted over again. Now is where it really gets interesting. This image then remained in Lithuania, and in 1993, here comes John Paul. And John Paul asks and goes and prays before this image. Wow. Now, my favorite part of the whole story, Father Kaz and Father Seraphim. Enter Father Kaz and Father Seraphim. (laughs) Father Kaz's note, which I pulled out of our records, Listen to this. Let's look at our next. Well, before I show the next slide, i want to read this. I guess we can. I'm sorry, Brother Mark. Go ahead and put that image up. You see this hanging image? Father Kaz said, quote, I saw the image of divine mercy displayed in the Holy Spirit church before it was restored. Now get a load of this. Father Kaz and Father Seraphim are over there on pilgrimage in the year 2000 for the canonization of St. Faustina. And God is handpicking Seraphim and Kaz to be huge players in this. Our own beloved Marian priests. Our pilgrimage organized by the Marian Helper Center you are all Marian Helpers. As the director of the Marian Helper Center, it's an honor to follow in such footsteps. Our pilgrimage organized by the MHC, by the Marian Helper Center, in the year 2000, following the canonization of St. Faustina, included Vilnius. It was during the pilgrimage that Father Seraphim and I met with the Archbishop of Vilnius. And proposed that the divine mercy image be renovated because it was basically falling into disarray. If it wasn't for this visit, I don't even know if we'd have the image today. We really owe the fact that we still have this image to Father Kaz and Father Seraphim. So... They proposed that the diviner mercy image be renovated by an expert before it fell apart, before it fell in disarray. The thing's been painted over. The thing's got soot and candle and, and, and uh, soot on it. It's It's been held in an attic. It's been rolled up. It's disintegrating. It's not being maintained. And so they asked to renovate it by an expert who restored it to its original state. Father Kaz said, quote, we promised the Cardinal that our community with the assistance of Marian helpers will collect the money to do it. The money was collected. This is how thankful we are to our Marian helpers. You have, maybe even your parents have contributed to such an incredible cause. You're saving millions of souls through God's mercy, especially when they can see it in this image. The money that we collected was used by the Cardinal to renovate not only the Divine Mercy image, but the entire Holy Trinity Church. Then they gave the name the Divine Mercy Shrine. This is amazing. And the location is currently where it is today. And so this is amazing. Now... In 2003, then, so this is 2000, Kaz and Sarah Visit, they proposed to save the image. Mary and helpers step up to the plate. They raise enough money not only to renovate the image, but to rebuild the chapel. They name it the Divine Mercy Chapel. Now, in 2003, the image, let's take a look at our next slide. The image was taken to the congregation of the Sisters of the Merciful Jesus in Vilnius. Does that name sound familiar to you? It's not Faustina's community. The congregation of the Sisters of the Merciful Jesus is not Faustina's community, but why is it important? Do you remember St. Faustina was told by Jesus, I want a new community? I want you to start a new community? Well, actually, this is the community, and it ended up being started by Blessed Michael Sapochko, her confessor. She never did start it before she died. She died, and Blessed Michael Sapochko took up the task and founded the newest community or the new community that Jesus wanted Faustina to found, and he did it, and it's the Congregation of the Sisters of the Merciful Jesus in Vilnius. Now, the image was fully restored. Take a look at this. This woman, uh, Brother Mark can put it back on the screen. This woman worked tirelessly. This is Adita. Look what she's doing. She's one of the most advanced experts in the world. She actually stripped the paint one little tiny like, centimeter at a time. Can you imagine? It took her years to finish, a couple years to do this, and she chipped away to get down to the original image, all because of Father Seraphim, Father Kaz, and the Marian helpers. So she gets down, and so this is the woman who's doing it. She restored the image, and there's the picture of her doing it. Amazing. And so, Two years later, she finishes the renovation. The image is fully restored in 2005, and it was returned to the Divine Mercy Shrine or the Holy Spirit Church where it is today. Let's show the picture. That is the actual restored image now in Lithuania, and I celebrated Mass at that altar. I celebrated Mass underneath that image, one of the high points of my entire life. So that's the image hanging... In the Divine Mercy Shrine in Vilnius, formerly the Holy Spirit Church, renovated by the Marian Fathers, the image renovated by the Marian Helpers, and that hangs there now that you can see in Vilnius, which a few years ago I had again the honor of celebrating the Mass. Amazing! Now, renovation was finished, and now let's go into The meaning of the image, because this I have talked a little bit before, but I want to refresh you. If you've heard this part, it's not going to be long. This is a refresher. All right. So um, I want to tell a little bit about the meaning of the image because it's so important before we get into the last part. Now, Pope Benedict said the greatest images of Christianity are the ones that capture the Paschal mystery. That's what the image is about, the entire Paschal mystery. All right. Everything is in this image. All right. I don't know if Brother Mark can zoom in to see the image or show another slide of the image. I'm not sure. Sorry, I should have put another slide up. But Pope Benedict pointed out again about the Paschal Mystery being key. Well, the entire Paschal Mystery is in this image. Now, you've heard me say this before, but I'm going to give you a refresher. What's the Paschal Mystery? The Passion, Death, Resurrection, and Ascension to Jesus Christ. It's all in there. All right. For instance, Holy Thursday. Where is Holy Thursday in the image of divine mercy? Holy Thursday is in the fact that on Holy Thursday, Jesus instituted the priesthood. He's dressed in an elbe, that white garment, like a Catholic priest, and he instituted the Eucharist. This is Holy Thursday. What's coming from the red ray? The precious blood, Holy Communion. All right, the next day, Good Friday, Good Friday is in this image because we see the wounds. Now, they're not real clear. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Are the wounds on the image? They're hard to see, but we will talk about it. So Good Friday is on there. Easter Sunday, Christ is resurrected. You can see in the image, he has the halo. He's in his glorified state. So the resurrection is captured on here. What about what happened 40 days after the resurrection? The ascension of Jesus into heaven. I always point out this one's a little bit tougher, but we know the ascensions on here because in the Bible, it says before Jesus ascended to the father, he blessed all those present and the traditional form of a Jewish blessing is raising your right hand at shoulder height and he would have blessed everybody present as he is in the image with his right hand raised in blessing. This would have been a sign of what happened at the ascension. Then what happened 10 days after the ascension, 50 days after the resurrection, Pentecost. And what is Pentecost? It's the coming of the Holy Spirit. The church was born of blood and water. The church was born when Jesus was pierced on the cross and the blood and water poured forth, this all ties. It was the birth of the church. Now, Pentecost is the birth of the church. Of blood and water, there we have it in the image: the blood and the water. Now, note especially important as this image is the heart of Jesus. That's the sacred heart of Jesus. Now, you've heard me say before: divine mercy does not replace the sacred heart; it completes and fulfills it. Because in the Sacred Heart devotion, Jesus told Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque, "Teach the world about my Sacred Heart." Tell the world to come to me and make reparation to my sacred heart. That's what we do every first Friday. See, this all ties together. Everything we Marians are leading you through, everything you join us for, is part of a bigger picture. We Marians have been given the task of spreading divine mercy and everything ties back to this image. And so in the sacred heart, we do first Fridays to make reparation to the sacred heart. And it is from that sacred heart that it is wounded. And Jesus said to Margaret Mary, tell the world to come to me to make reparation to my sacred heart. We're trying as Marians. We've invited you. You have joined us. But now we, we realize that divine mercy completes and fulfills the sacred heart devotion. Because in the sacred heart, we learn Jesus is love. What is divine mercy? His love put into action. And so this is the center of the icon. So we know Jesus was pierced on his side, right? On the cross. But you may not know that the spear, when Jesus was pierced, Right? the spear went all the way through his chest cavity and punctured his heart. Dr. Stackpole talks a lot about this, our theologian, that when the spear went through Jesus' chest cavity and the spear entered in, it punctured the heart, and the blood and water that came out of his side actually came from the heart. And they actually found on the Shroud of Turin, from, from, uh, from test studies, that the fluid next to the heart on that image is blood and water. Amazing. And so what happens is we know the spear went all the way through, punctured his heart. It was pierced out of love for us and from it flowed blood, the red ray, and water, the pale ray. Now this is critically important about the image because Satan has only two tools. This you've heard me say before, Satan has only two tools, sin and what's the result of sin? Death. Now, think about this. What defeats sin? The cleansing waters of baptism and confession. In the pale ray, Jesus gives the water. The cleansing waters of baptism and confession. What for? The purpose? Blow away sin. So Satan's first tool, sin, is wiped away in the first ray of the image. What's Satan's second tool? Death. Now, what wipes out death? Life. And what was life to the Jews? Blood. To the Jews, blood was the life of the being. What was it? It was blood. So these two rays wipe out The two tools of Satan, sin and death. Sin is wiped out by the cleansing waters of baptism and confession. Death, Satan's other tool, is wiped out by life. And what was life to the Jews? Blood. No being can live without blood in the sense of the human. Now, let's look at our next slide. Sapochko also asked Faustina for the meaning of the two rays. He asked her, what's the meaning? And St. Faustina said, These two rays denote blood and water. The pale ray stands for the water which makes souls righteous. The red rays stand for the blood which is the life of souls. Notice that? Blood, the life. These two rays issued forth from the very depths of my tender mercy when my agonized heart was opened by a lance on the cross. Wow. Wow. Now, here's something that's really interesting to me. Let's look at the next line of that same passage, 299 of the diary. These rays, Jesus said, shield souls from the wrath of my Father. Happy is the one who will dwell in their shadow, for the just hand of God shall not not lay hold of him. Diary 299, I want to tell a funny story with Father Kaz. One day I had given a talk and I pointed to this passage and I was talking about the wrath of the Father. Jesus says it right here, the wrath of my Father. So I was giving a talk and Father Kaz saw me in the kitchen later, this is several years ago. And he says, Father Chris, kinda, you might wanna kinda tone down on the wrath of the Father. And I said, but Father Kaz, it's right there in the diary. He says, I I know, you know, Father Kaz, that huge giant heart. And 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 here I am pounding on the, the words of Faustine about the wrath of the Father. And Father Kaz is like, the image is about mercy. We want to donate it. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see it that way, Father. And then walks Father Seraphim. <laughs> and he comes, comes in, and I said, Father Seraphim, I says, Does Diary 299 talk about shielding? from the wrath of the Father. So shouldn't I be preaching about this? And Father, Father Kaz is, is saying it's not so much that the Father is wrathful at the person. And it says right here that the wrath of the Father is going to strike the person. And Father Seraphim looks at me, and goes, you have so much to learn. <laughs> he says, Jesus isn't talking about the wrath of the Father against the sinner. He's talking about the wrath of the father against the sin. And I went, huh? He says, the wrath of the father is going to strike at sin. So he said, suppose, and he held up, I think it was a fork or something. And he held it up and he says, if this is sin, God, the father is going to strike at sin. He's going to obliterate it. Here's the problem. Father Seraphim told me. If you're holding on to it, if you're embracing sin, if you're living in sin, and you don't want to let go of sin, you are going to get zapped too. And all of a sudden, this light went on in my mind. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Father Kaz was right. It's not the wrath of the Father against the sinner. It's the wrath of the father against the sin. And when he strikes at that sin, if we're holding on to it, and refuse to let go of it. No, I love my addictions too much. I love my, my lust too much. I love my drugs too much. I love my, my material goods too much. When God strikes at it, if we're holding on to it, we're going to get zapped too. So this is why Jesus says, happy, the one who who will dwell in their shelter of the rays. For the just hand of God shall not lay hold of him. How could God be just if he doesn't lay hold of the sinner? Because the just hand of God is striking the sin. Let go of the sin. Get the sin out. So when God strikes at it, you're not going to be struck. That was an epiphany for me. And that's the beauty of the rays of mercy. Jesus says, hide in those rays so that God's wrath won't strike you. So you, you struggling to let go, at least dive into the rays of Jesus's mercy. Even if you're still kind of, uh, you dive into those rays of mercy and, and, and they will shelter you. Incredible. Passage 299 of the diary. Amazing. I, I, I wanted to share that because I thought it was so powerful. So these two rays represent what Christ asks us to do on Divine Mercy Sunday. What does he ask us to do? Go to Confession. That's the cleansing of sin. Receive Holy Communion. That's the red ray, the blood, the life. And you will receive complete forgiveness of not only all sin, but all punishment due to sin. Then you're spotless and you're spotless to be able to meet your groom as church, the bride on the eighth day, which means eternity to the Jews. Incredible. Right now, this is why Jesus gave us the old blood and water prayer that we say in the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the blood and water pouring forth is the gift of what? The Holy Spirit. See how this all ties together? The image is in the Holy Spirit Church. The gift of the image of Divine Mercy shows Pentecost, the birth of the church of blood and water coming from heaven in the form of the Holy Spirit. And to save us, let's look at the last part of the image. Jesus' left foot is stepping forward in every image of divine mercy to save us. This is his second coming. So we have even the second coming in this image. This image has it all. There's no other greater image in the history of Christianity. This is it all. Thus, the miraculous image is a powerful summary of our Christian faith. That's why Benedict said, this is not a photograph, but an icon. And what did, what did Benedict say? An icon is a window to eternity. It's not, it's amazing. All right, so let's go on. I want to show you a little share things with how you can use the image to help your spiritual life, okay? All right, seeing that um, Jesus with the eyes, we have to gaze on the image. Jesus calls us to gaze on the image. Why, why? Because you know what sin is? Sin, sin is simply taking your eyes off of your creator and putting it onto the creature or the created thing—that's the definition of sin. So when we gaze upon this image, we keep our eyes on the Creator, not taking them off. So keep this image. Take this image into your prayers. Keep your eyes on Jesus, like Saint Faustina uh, or uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux did. She would go into the church with um, images. That's what you should do too. So along with venerating large frame images, maybe consider keeping a little prayer card. I don't know if Brother Mark can zoom in, but we got these prayer cards. You can get them online. You can get them at, at Catholic bookstores. Just keep a prayer card with the image, maybe in your wallet or on your purse. Um, I'm gonna talk about the difference between these two images, the Hyla and the Vilnius in a minute. You know, but wherever you do, wherever you go, give veneration to the image. Put it in your parish or in your home. Jesus said in the diary, he wants it. He wants it in in public and in every home. This is paragraph 341. So whenever you venerate the image, say, Jesus, I trust in you and give him all your problems. So you gaze upon the divine mercy image. And then if you're struggling with somebody and you just can't reconcile with somebody or you just can't forgive somebody, here's what you do try to see Jesus in your brother. That person that you can't stand and they can't stand you, when you look at them, instead of getting angry, try to see the image of divine mercy, Jesus, in them. That will help you. And then as you perform works of mercy, do them out of love for Jesus, if you can't do them out of love for the person. Say, <laughs> so, you know, I really can't tolerate this person, but I'm going to do an act of love for him out of love for Jesus. It'll help you do what I promise. So let this image of Christ transform you until you're ready to meet God. That's the whole point of the transfiguration. You're transformed. That's what the Eucharist is about. It's a transforming from bread and wine to the body and blood of Christ. It's all tied together. All right, so let's go through a couple quick things. I mentioned earlier about the wounds. Where are the wounds? In the image of divine mercy. A lot of people have complained about this. I want to read you, Father Seraph, or uh, Dr. Stackpole. Now, the wounds, yes, are unfortunately not very visible in the restored Vilnius image that we restored as Marians. And the image that we restored is the one that you see above our altar, the image you see on- constantly in our publications. But you don't see the wounds too well. And that was because the paint that was used doesn't show real well. Part of the difficulty is also the direction of his hands. All right. You see our Lord? You cannot see. It's kind of the one hand is kind of like at the side. You can't see it real well. And so uh, this is part of the difficulty. Also, his tunic covers the wounds of his feet. You see that? We can't really see well the wounds on his feet because they're kind of covered by the tunic. All right. This is part of the difficulty. Now, the simplest answer is actually, I think, amazing from Dr. Robert Stackpole. You know why the wounds of the hands and the feet are not prominent in this image? Because the most prominent is the wound of the heart. The entire image focuses on the wound of his pierced heart. Because from the wound flowed blood and water. From his heart flows blood and water. Actually, the reason I think Jesus didn't focus on the hands and the feet was to put your focus on the wound in his heart. That is why we do First Fridays. The entire image hinges upon the wound that pierced his side and his heart, out of which blood and water flowed. This is the center of mercy. Yes, we we venerate the wounds in the hand and the feet, but those are not the center of mercy. The wounded heart is the center of mercy. Even though they're there, I think our Lord wanted the focus to be on his heart. That wound, the most important in some ways, according to St. Catherine of Siena. I'm not making this up. St. Catherine of Siena said that was the most important wound, the wound in his side from which the blood and the water flowed out and pierced his heart. The wound in his side and heart, St. Catherine of Siena said. She said it symbolizes the infinite love of God poured out upon us from the cross. Amazing. All right, so of all the different images, which one is best? I just held up two images here. We have the Vilnius that we talked about that was restored. and We have this called the Highland. I'm going to talk about these right now. All right. How do we know if an image is legitimate? Father Sapochka wrote about this. He wrote in one of his letters that Sister Faustina called attention to the aspects that needed to be present for the image of divine mercy to be authentic. Did you know this? That there were several aspects and the aspects that had to be part of it. And that is the right hand raised to the shoulder. We see that in the image of the Vilnius image. There were other physical descriptions about the image. So let's look at... Our next image, and this is the true image. Father Kaz just sent me. Look how beautiful that high-res image of the Jesus is the face of the divine mercy. So this painting by Eugene Kazmierowski, which we explained in 1934, is what we call the original image. The original image of divine mercy. The painting was overseen by St. Faustina and Blessed Michael Sapochko. Very good. Father Sapochko stood as the model, as I said, for the folds, but was not his face, contrary to that movie. Father Seraphim also had an amazing part in this. Father Seraphim worked with an Italian photographer, and guess what? They investigated the claim that this version of the image is an exact replica. Exact match of the head, face, and shoulders of the Shroud of Turin. This is incredible. So right now I want to show you a quick two and a half minute video from the movie Faustina Love and Mercy that talks about the connection of the image and the Shroud of Turin. This summarizes it all together. Let's watch
1: this two and a half minute video. For the first time, this similarity was noticed by Father Serafin Michalenko, who showed me the effect of comparing both images, which was done at his request in the 1990s. The results of my anthropological studies of the two faces from both images show a complete convergence with such characteristic facial points as the middle part of the eyebrows the base of the nose, the cheekbones, jaws, the wings of the nose, the beginning of the upper and lower lip and chin. It's worth analyzing the same details by observing the images in three dimensions. It is a face model created by Professor Mignaro in 2002, based on the measurements of the Shroud of Turin and the veil from Oviedo. The veil of Oviedo is the object that covered the face of Jesus when the body was still hanging on the cross, and this veil remained there on the face until the body was placed on the shroud. Then the veil was removed and the body was covered with the shroud. Traces of blood on the shroud and veil give us full information of how the face of Jesus looked like. I put all three images on each other, and it turned out that the eight points determining the most characteristic features of the face perfectly matched. I also think that it is worth seeing it from a wider perspective, when we do not limit ourselves to such a fragment of the Shroud of Turin. If we put Kazimirovski's painting here, just bringing it to the proportions you can see on the Shroud of Turin. Of course, nowadays such a proportional mapping of the image from the shroud would not be a problem. It would be enough to project the image from the shroud onto the canvas and the effect would have been obtained mechanically. However, as we know, Kazimierowski did not use such a technique. His painting, therefore, was made, one could say, in an intuitive way. He only followed the instructions of Faustina, who told him how she had seen Jesus. If you wanted to apply the probability calculus, you would have to do at least a thousand face images to finally get proportions such as the ones on the shroud. This means that we cannot talk about accidental action here.
0: Okay, so everybody, thank you. I'm just catching up here now. Now, here's the powerful thing. There is, in that restored image, the connection with the shroud of turn, as you just saw, the beautiful example, but it goes deeper. Now, I wanna comment a little bit on some of the other images. Now, some people are devoted to the divine mercy. They prefer the version of the image painted by that artist named Hyla, who gave it to the sisters of Our Lady of Mercy, St. Faustina's community in Poland. Let's take a look here. This is above Sister Faustina's tomb. Now, in Poland, they placed it because the Hyla gave it to the sisters in thanksgiving for preserving of himself and his family during World War II. So we have in this image, an image over the tomb of St. Faustina, even though it doesn't match the exact requirements that Faustina said were on the Vilnius image. I find that kind of interesting, but I'm not going to nullify it because the sisters have it above her tomb even though technically the hand is raised above the shoulder and whatnot. Now, the sisters place it over the tomb of St. Faustina in their convent in Wadgivniki near Krakow. Let's take a look. This is the image, the next slide, above St. Faustina's tomb called the Hyla image. So this is a valid image. It's different from the Vilnius. All right. So the sisters placed it over her tomb, and the image was blessed by Father Joseph Andras, one of Faustina's confessors. After she died, he blessed it in 1944. Guess when? On Divine Mercy Sunday. All right. It seems that it's the favorite version of European and Latin American devotees of Divine Mercy. Very popular in Europe and in Latin America. Nevertheless, some aspects of the version of, of, of this image are not entirely in accord with what Faustina requested, as we just mentioned. That Sapochko Sapochko mentioned. So even though I started to doubt it when I heard the sisters adopted it, then I know it's okay. For example, as we said, Christ's hand in his blessing is a little too high. Or the gaze from Christ is directly at the viewer. When in the image of the Vilnius, it's down, like he's looking from the cross, Um, as Faustina said it should be. Anyway, it's arguable that this version does not do justice to the rays of mercy. Why? Because they're supposed to be coming out at you, and the problem with the image, even our image, of Vilnius, including the Hyla, is they appear to go down. That's because you have a 3D image that you're trying to capture in 2D. That's hard. Trying to capture a 3D image of Christ in 2D—that's why the shroud is so amazing. Because when they actually looked at it, the image on the shroud is actually three-dimensional. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's look at our next slide. This is why the Marian fathers commissioned a new image in 1970s from an American painter named Robert Skemp. This is called the Skemp image. Now, notice the difference here. His hand is now back to the proper place, level with the shoulder. And in 1982, this was completed that tried to rectify the issues of the high with an image that showed the rays coming out at you. See the image on the on the skemp? The rays come directly out, almost like a 3D effect. OK, so they come out of the breast of Christ directly at the viewer. So this famous ultra realistic rendition of the of the image is the most accurate technically. That's why we, me, and Marian fathers have it. And it became the most popular version in the Philippines. God bless my brothers and sisters in the Philippines. And it can be found there on the altar at the Divine Mercy Shrine outside of Manila. So it's beautiful. All right. But of course, this version is not perfect either, according to Sapochko. Um, now, this one, Father Seraphim did stood, stand as the model. Did you know that? Father Seraphim stood as the model for the skemp image, according to one of our workers, Machak, who's now in Poland. He actually made an interesting comment. Last page, we got to make kickoff here too, so, right? He insists that if you look at the face of Jesus in the skemp, you can see a young Father Seraphim. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far because it's still the image of Jesus. But anyway, all these famous versions <clears throat> have ecclesiastical approval. <clears throat> And remember, Jesus said, if the church says it's okay, heaven says it's okay. So even though Faustina said it should have these two typical aspects, you don't reject the images because they might be lacking because when the church approves something, heaven has to approve it. Absolutely. And so there's another famous version. Let's take a look at Brother Markin's show. This is the blue hyla. This is another favorite version, a revision of Hyla's, but this has a dark blue background. This was done by the American artist Kathleen Weber. And this version is probably the most popular because it emphasizes the compassionate gaze of Jesus. You know, I had somebody say to me on the, at my table at a mission once, I had the Vilnius and I had the Hyla. And she says, I'd like an image, please. I said, which one? And she says, the one where Jesus is nice. <laughs> Because in the blue image, if you look at it, he's much more happy. In the Vilnius image, I think it's more realistic because our Lord is going through the passion. Then he's resurrected. So we, we, you know, we we have these aspects. So anyway, of course, that version is not perfect either. None are. None can ever capture fully our Lord. But whichever you prefer, be respectful of all the approved versions. All right. So I want to quickly finish here, because I want to talk about Father Seraphim and about the image of divine mercy that I think Father Seraphim is mentioned in the diary. Now, you may have heard me bring this up a couple uh, months ago, or actually it was last year, but let me read paragraph 1689, where I think Father Seraphim is mentioned in the diary. Listen to 1689. Today, this is Faustina talking. I saw two enormous pillars implanted on the ground, I had implanted one of them and a certain person with the initials S.M. Now, people say, well, his real name wasn't Seraphim. Well, his real name was Stanley. So S.M., she said S.M. planted the other. So you got two pillars. Faustina says she planted one pillar and this man with the initials S.M. planted the other pillar. We had done so with unheard of effort, much fatigue and difficulty. And when I had implanted the pillar, I myself wondered with such extraordinary strength had come from. And I recognized that I had not done this by my own strength, but with the power which came from above. These two pillars were close to each other in the area of the image. Then, listen to this, I saw the image raised up very high hanging from these two pillars. So Faustina plants one pillar. This person named S.M. plants another pillar. And the image is placed on top of these pillars. This is what Faustina is explaining. In an instant, there stood a large temple supported both from within and from without upon these two pillars. That means the church is supported by divine mercy. Incredible. I saw a hand finishing the temple, but I did not see the person. There was a beautiful multitude of people inside and outside the temple, and torrents issuing from the compassionate heart of Jesus were flowing down upon everyone. That's the image of divine mercy. Now, here's the point. I, 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 I cornered Father Kaz one day, and I said, Father Kaz, did you read this in the diary? This has got to be Father Seraphim. He says, well... Father Seraphim always denied it. He always said that it was Michael Sapochko. Well, the problem is, if that was the case, it'd be MS, not SM, even that way. But she says, I didn't know who the person was. St. Faustina wrote this in 1938 – or 36 – 36 or 38, and guess what, everybody? 38 she wrote it just before she died and she says, I don't know who this person is. It couldn't have been Michael Sapochko. She knew who Michael Sapochko was. So I believe wholeheartedly, this is Father Seraphim that Faustina was talking about. And so when I cornered Father Kaz says, well, we can't say that publicly, but I said, you Father Kaz, do you believe it personally? And he got this big smile on his face. So I think Father Kaz believes it is Father Seraphim. So to finish, we want you to get an image of divine mercy in your home. This is where I'm going to finish today. You know why? Because Blessed Michael Sapochko recalled many promises that Jesus made through St. Faustina regarding the image. Listen to this. This is what St. Faustina and Blessed Michael Sapochko said about the image. When chastisements for sins come... And if you've been seeing my End Times um, shows on on EWTN and on on, uh, Saturdays, you know they're coming. We're in them already. When chastisements for sin come upon the world and your own country, boy, do we see that today, and your own country will experience utter degradation, which we are right now, the only refuge will be trust in my mercy. I will protect the cities and homes in which the divine mercy image is found. I will protect the persons who will venerate or honor this image. The only refuge will be trust in my mercy. These are the words that Sapochko recalled that Faustina told him Jesus said. Father Sapochko recalled that Jesus also said, listen to this. Let everyone procure for their homes this image of divine mercy, because there will yet come trials, and those homes and entire families and everyone individually who will hold this image of mercy in deep reverence I will preserve from every sort of misfortune. The time will come when all those who do so do so will give witness to the miraculous efficacy and to the special protection of mercy flowing from this image. So what Jesus is saying is when you hang this image, you're giving witness to it, to God's mercy. You're being an apostle of divine mercy. So recently, we all know about the coronavirus. All right. The repercussions of the coronavirus, they were clear. We prayed at mass, let's seal the doorposts In our inner thoughts with protective word of God. This was a reference to Exodus 12, all right, where God commanded the Israelites to seal the doorposts with the blood of the lamb so that the angel of death would pass over it. Now, they were passed over if the house was marked. You know what the modern day mark is? This image. Because it's not the blood of a lamb, an animal. It's now the blood of the true lamb, Jesus Christ. And when you put it over your door, on your door, or in your home, you have that protection, the image of divine mercy. We see the real blood of the real lamb. Now, again, remember, this is not magic. You still may get sick. You still may have trial or misfortune, but you're going to be protected in a greater way, spiritually. Jesus never makes the promise of physical that you will not still face trials, but He's going to protect you from the spiritual misfortunes of the loss of your soul. This is if you trust in His mercy. It's not the, the image that saves you, it's what's represented in the image, God's mercy. So please, we urge you, get the image of divine mercy with Jesus I trust in you. Put it on your doors, as many did during the time of corona. We still need to do this. now. I am going to show you a quick video. We're running out of time, but I'm going to show you a quick video of the image that we have here at Divine Mercy and how we make these right here at the Shrine of Divine Mercy. It's only about 30 seconds. Now before we go, we'd like to tell you about a special project that we Marian Fathers do right here at the National Shrine. We hand make these beautiful canvas images, not only of Divine Mercy, but Mary, St. Joseph, and many others. These sacred art images are made by priests, brothers, volunteers the laity, seminarians, and even employees. And so Jesus said that he wanted an image of divine mercy in every home. Now you have a chance to get one handmade by us Marians. So please see the information on your screen and get a beautiful image to place in your home. Okay, so that was just a quick video to show you, to be able to see how we make these images. Now. Our next slide, of Brother Mark can show, here's a picture of Cameraman Giuseppe and me making these images. We don't make all of them, of course. We have volunteers, we have other priests and brothers, we have staff. It's beautiful, but they're all handmade here. Here's a picture of Cameraman Giuseppe and me making some images. Now, the prints, you can get these beautiful canvas prints, okay? Now. I'm going to tell you how you can get stuff for free as well. I want this in every home. Jesus wants this in every home. So, you have a couple options. One, if you want a beautiful canvas, and sorry, I nicked it on the way in here so that Nick is not on here, but you can see it's gallery wrapped over a wood frame, beautiful to display on your wall. And our next slide, you can get these canvas images right here on shopmercy.org or divinemercyart.org, or you can call us at 800 4 marion That's 462-7426 if you want to get this canvas image. They're a donation of $24.95, but I'm gonna give you a way around this. If you can't afford it, we got a great option for you. We're gonna send you these for free. If you can't afford the beautiful canvas image and you still want one in your house and you will hang it or you will give it away for free, I will send you a free framed 8x10 image. This is beautiful for any home. Let's look at the next slide. Actually, I messed up, but you can also download it. Let me jump ahead before I show you this framed. If you want to get it today, let me have Brother Mark show the free 5x7. We also have a free 5 by 7 that you can print. You don't even have to write us or call us. If you want to go, look at your slide, thedivinemercy.org divinemercyimage. You can download a free 5 by 7 color image, get it blessed by a priest, but you know, according to the catechism, you can actually bless small images yourself by virtue of your common priesthood at baptism. You can actually bless images yourself this way. But I would have it best blessed by a priest. You can get that free five by seven download at thedivinemercy.org slash divine mercy image. Now, if you don't wanna print it out, let's go back to this image. I will send you free. We have a guy who wishes to remain anonymous. How beautiful, he frames these for us. We got these frames uh, from him. And if you want a free one, you can call, and we're going to put it up on your screen right now. If you want a free 8x10 framed image, you can email or call Peter. He's actually in the office. You can email him at peterjames at marion.org or call him at 413-298-1303. And we will send these to you. Now, again, I'm doing this because we want this in every home. It's not about the money. Yes, we got to pay for our operation. we got to pay our bills and and, and pay for materials and pay for all this and that. But I don't care. If you will put this in your house, if you will put this in your home, we will send it to you. So you want a beautiful canvas image? You can visit divinemercyart.org or shopmercy.org. If you want to download it, you can get the 5 by 7 that we just said at thedivinemercy.org uh, slash Divide Mercy Image, or if you want that 8 by 10 you can call Peter at 413-298-1303 or email him at peterjames at marion.org. So there is no excuse. <laughs> There is no excuse for you not to have an image in your home. Even if you want just a little prayer card, you can get these. I'll send these to you. You can get these prayer cards of the either the Vilnius or the Highlight. Just please get them in your home. Protect yourself. Get the world what Jesus asked Faustina to do. I want it in every home. All right, so this is really powerful. All right, so remember again, it's Jesus whom we worship, not the image. While this act of faith will not guarantee your family won't be afflicted in some physical way. It will guarantee that when you trust in Jesus, you will obtain his promise of grace needed for heaven. And I think I got enough time to tell you how I think this works. I want to tell you one last story to finish. We received an email once from a beautiful friends of our Polish Ekonom in Poland, or in in, uh, Rome, Ellen, Eileen, and Mary in Situate, Massachusetts, sent us something quite amazing. They hung the image of divine mercy, a blessed image, on their door, and the weather after a while got, got, it got weathered, and the proper way to dispose of something that's blessed is you either burn it or you bury it, surprisingly. To burn it, is in the proper way to dispose of a blessed item, not throw it away. And when they burn this image, guess what? Let's take a look at our first image. It didn't burn. The image of divine mercy did not burn. The blessed image. The whole ashes disintegrated. The whole image disintegrated. Look at that image. That is the ash. It is in the ash. The blessed image of divine mercy did not burn. So they did it again. Let's take a look at our second slide. The second blessed image did not burn. Look at that. That is, that is the, the, the the ash. You, You burn a newspaper, you can't read the text. And look at the image. Now here's what's fascinating. Then they took an unblessed image, which is okay. They didn't do it irreverently, but they tried to dispose of it properly by burning it And look at the third image. When it was unblessed, it completely burned. It completely burned. (laughs) That's incredible! And so we have a YouTube video on this if you want to see more details. So God bless everybody. You know, when we tell the story about how the Marian helpers helped bring divine mercy to the world, it was because of you. It was because of you back in the year 2000. 22 years ago that rose to the occasion when we Marians asked for your help to save the image of divine mercy, because Jesus said, I want it in every home. I want it around the world. And so I invite you to become a Marian helper. Look on your screen. It doesn't cost anything. It takes but a few seconds. Please visit micprayers.org. Become a Marian helper. Doesn't cost. I don't care if you ever donate a dollar. I truly don't. I mean, again, I always say we still need to pay our bills. We need to feed this postulants who are here. They get hungry once in a while. But, but the key is that you can't donate. That's fine. But get the grace of being a Marian helper. Thank you so much for this incredible story that God gave us in the image of divine mercy. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, and go blue. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.
2: Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review.